Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could never edit that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, I'm all this stuff. It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm your host, Danny V, and today I welcome Kylie Howarth, award-winning author and illustrator from Western Australia. Kylie has swum with whale sharks, mantra rays, humpback whales, piranhas, pink dolphins, and great white sharks. Today, we talk about Fish Kid and the Turtle Torpedo. That is some intro, Kylie. Welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> now, I've always seen your books on Instagram and I've seen you around, you know, on the social media and Zooms and things. So I'm so happy to be speaking to you today. Yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to be speaking to you. I've been listening to your podcast all week while I've been illustrating away. <laughs> oh, I've, I've heard that people can illustrate whilst listening, but not write while, illustri- while listening to it because obviously yeah. it's the same if side I'm, of the brain. Exactly. If I'm writing, I just can't have anything yeah. on. But uh, when I'm illustrating, I can watch TV or listen to podcasts, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Multitasking. Can you listen to music when you write or not? I can, but I just love listening to, um, like at the moment I'm illustrating, so I love listening to illustration podcasts. You know, I just pick up lots of tips and get in the zone listening to them. I don't know, when you like to think creatively, I think sometimes you just need that space to do it. Today we're going to talk about uh, Fish Kid and the Turtle Torpedo. Can you give us an elevator pitch for this book? Oh, it's an ocean adventure. Uh, It's set on a small island in the Maldives. It's about Fish Kid, who was in the previous two books, because this is book three in the series. And in the previous two books, he discovers that he has some fish powers. So he's exploring them a little bit more in this third book. Um, And his best friend and he find an injured turtle in this story. um, And they have a few friendship issues while they're trying to do a very tricky turtle rescue. (laughs) Well said. (laughs) And speaking of fish kids, you're kind of a fish human. Um, I was just doing your introduction. 
me about all these things that you've done and all the marine life you've been swimming with. Tell me about this. It started, um, I guess, when I got my dive licence in the Red Sea in Egypt. Uh, My husband and I, he wasn't my husband at the time, but we were travelling together for six months um, after we'd been working in London for a little while. And we did six months of travelling and we went through the Galapagos Islands and, and all sorts of amazing places, Africa and everything. But when I got my, he was doing a lot of dive adventures and I felt like I was missing out. So I went and got my dive licence there and it just opened up a whole new world to me. Um, and not long after getting the licence, we ended up in the Galapagos Islands and I went down for a dive and we were looking for, I love telling kids this story at school, we were looking for a particular sea creature and we went down for 45 minutes and couldn't find it. And then we had to go back up to the boat and have some lunch and then we went down again 45 Five minutes later, this time, though, we hid behind some big rocks and underwater and there was quite a, a, a strong current blowing through. So we had to hold on tight. And because we were hiding, finally, this sea creature came through and there was actually 20 of them, 20 wow. head sharks. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I thought I would be terrified down there with 20 hammerhead sharks. But because I was down at their level, I don't know, I just felt this peace and I knew that they were more scared of me because they didn't come around the first time when they could see us. Um, and that, that, that moment actually triggered the Fish Kid series. That's sort of what I built it around. Um, and it was incredible. And when we went back up to the boat and I was on the surface and my little legs were flapping in the water while I was waiting for the boat to pick me up, I did get quite scared then. But when <laughs> I was down at their level, it was just amazing and I wasn't scared at all. Wow, that's insane. 20 hammerhead sharks. Now, hammerhead sharks, they're not known for attacking humans. Is that right? No, these were the, there's lots of different types. These were the great hammerhead sharks. So these are the big ones and they have bitten people, but they're not the main species that are known for, you know, accidentally mistaking a human for food. (laughs) (laughs) Was that the most... um sort of amazing experience because I just listed like a whole bunch of marine life that you've been swimming with was the 20 hammerheads was that the highlight that was the start of it I think probably my highlight would be um, when I recently did a swim with humpback whales because they're my favorite animal and I did that in Ningaloo as research for fish kid and the mega manta ray which is the second book Um, so I swam with manta rays but the humpbacks just the the sheer size of them uh was just amazing incredible humbling I bet (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to ask you about your research because, you know, this book is set in the Maldives and I thought, did you have to go there? I mean, what punishment to research this no, book? No, I know. I mean, I had to do it and it was really tough, but um, <laughs> you know, I'll do anything to research a book well and get all the right facts, even if it means swimming in the Maldives and uh, drinking pina coladas, or they didn't make it into the book. (laughs) (laughs) I assumed. I read between the lines. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you went to the Maldives. I love it when people write stories and they've actually been there. I think, you you know, I think you can feel it in a book though. You know, I think you can feel the difference when someone has actually experienced the setting they're talking about. And I'm sure that you tell people that as well to justify your trips. Well, (laughs) yeah, that's what I tell the tax man. (laughs) (laughs) didn't know what I was going to write about I just for for the second two books I just chose a location and thought I'm hoping I'll just spend as much time with sea creatures as I can and see what story comes out of it and with fish kid when I was in the Maldives um, I went to a turtle sanctuary where they were looking after injured turtles and the story just came out of all my experiences and everything I learned when I was there Mm, I like that I like that sort of research where you absorb it 
you know, so yeah. you're there and all this incidental stuff come. I think that's amazing. Now, Fish Kid, it's such a lovely and look, it's a wholesome, fun book. I read this to my daughter. She's six years old and she really liked it. And what I also liked about it, I love the wholesomeness of it. I really did. But I also loved, um, you know, that it explores important issues as well. But it doesn't, it's not didactic or anything, but it does explore friendship and environmental issues. I mean, obviously, you know, swimming with marine life, you are obviously very, you know, you care a lot about the environment. I'm assuming. Can you talk to us about the importance of kids having an awareness of environmental issues? Yeah, when I began writing this series, um, it was probably, I was trying to figure it out, about 2017 that I started writing it. There was, you know, people were starting to talk about it a bit, but a lot of kids didn't know what climate change was. um, And it wasn't as talked about as much as it is now. So that's why I was really driven to write something. um, I mean, First and foremost, when I write my books, I write to entertain because the most important thing to me is actually getting kids to love books. And then secondly, it's great if there is a theme in it as well and an an issue that you can talk about as well. So um, for me, I love the time that I spend with sea creatures. I love being on the ocean, but a lot of kids don't get exposed to them. So, I mean, not many kids have had the chance to swim with a humpback whale or anything. (laughs) So how are they going to protect something that they don't really know much about? So... I wanted to include all these amazing creatures in my books so that um, kids could learn about them and love them and then hopefully want to look after them as well. Yeah, no, I think that's really important. And I think kids are so open to those things and I don't want to give anything away, but when we find out what happens to the sick turtle, you know, there's just a really simple message of, or even the, the water bottle left um, around and how the little crabs, you know, died inside. Just those little things of not, you know, of taking care of your environment and not leaving plastic around and how dangerous that can be. And I don't think, you know, I don't think a lot of people realise that. Yeah, well, that was something I just discovered when I was there on on an island and I found a plastic bottle and then saw all the dead hermit crabs in it. And, I mean, they're the sort of things that um, I wasn't aware of until I went there. And so I just want to share those stories so people know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's important. I think it's important because the kids, obviously, they're going to be the ones that hopefully can, um, you know, make the changes that we're trying to trying to change now. And, um, you know, with climate change and taking care of the environment. So hopefully those messages come through. But it was certainly a joyful book, first and foremost, like you said. And I just loved, you know, like I said before, it was just like a little wholesome book and it was so lovely. But then it had those messages behind it, too. But it gave it gave me a chance to talk, you know, to my six year old a lot about those things. So I like, you know, but I'm massive nerd but I like having those conversations you know behind the joy um, and enjoyment of the book I think it just makes it a lot richer well one thing I haven't mentioned yet is that uh, at the end of some of the chapters there's a fact sheet about mm. the sea creatures so wherever I mention a sea creature in the story I put in some real facts about them often some are, some are funny some are rude <laughs> and the kids have a good giggle because I know I've got two boys and they can get very bored easily uh, reading stories um, unless they're quite fast paced and entertaining. And my kids quite liked reading, like a lot of kids um, love reading fact books, not necessarily fiction. So I thought, oh, how about I sort of combine the both of them and, you know, have the the best best of both worlds in it. Yeah, that's amazing. I really liked that because my kids love documentaries on animals too. So it's kind of the same, same thing, but we actually read it in a different way we read it the story because she didn't she didn't want to be interrupted you know in the story and then we went back and look at the facts so I like how you can yeah you can kind of read it however you want because I said to her do you want me to read the facts now or do you want me to keep going with the story so we did the story because she was right into it and then we went back and looked at the facts which was cool 
It's like a choose your own adventure. <laughs> now, I really love kids' books that focus on friendship and you've got Emily and Bodie and they just have such a, a beautiful friendship. Obviously, there are, you know, little complications amongst that as well, which is normal for any friendship, I think. Um, what did you want to convey about friendship in childhood? That was really interesting because I had Bodie meet a girl called Emily in the first book. And then I thought every book was going to have a different location, a different marine location. Um, But when I went to write the second book, I found that kids were saying to me, oh, is Emily going to be in it? Is Emily going to be in it? And I didn't intend Emily to continue in the series, but it seemed that kids, I like to listen to what kids, that they they, they drive what I write because I'm (laughs) writing it for them. And they all wanted her to stay in it. And I was like, oh, okay, so I'll have to find a way. She she's she was from the Galapagos Islands. She speaks Spanish. Um, and I was like, oh, goodness, now that they've struck up this friendship and the next book's in a different place, how am I going to land here <laughs> again? So I um, created a problem for myself but managed to solve it. Um, and it was really nice how this unexpected friendship for me grew across the series as well. Um, but one thing I, I like about it is it's a boy and a girl mm. because my boys, some of their best mates are girls. And I know that my eldest son has been teased at school playing with one of his friends that's a girl. Um, and they tease him going, oh, you're going to get married and it upset him. And then, you know, then the girl who's his friend ran away and went and played with someone else because she got upset about it. So I thought, oh, that's awful. I love that he has his best years is a girl. And I thought it might be a good thing to explore in the story um and you know make it normal for kids so that they don't tease other kids yeah no I think that's really important too and just talking about my six-year-old she one of her best friends is a boy and she's always you know playing soccer with this boy at school and I really like that because I think you know if you have a variety of friendships I think that makes it a lot richer I think in adulthood too it's really important so yeah I really enjoyed that as well oh good and um it's it was interesting bringing up a bit of a friendship issue in the last book because they've uh (laughs) sort of develop this nice friendship all along and all of a sudden there's a hiccup so um yeah my kids found that quite interesting to read as well because they're getting to the age where you have a few what they call friendship fires at school and you've got to learn to deal with them yeah yeah but it is it's a normal part of friendship you know you have that sort of um you know the the part where you're getting to know each other and you're very polite I guess that's with any friendship and then you know there there usually are some of those I like what you said friendship fires so they can be put out as well Now, you write and illustrate, and we talked a little bit about you illustrating as well, but for you, do the words or the images come first or do they really grow together? They do grow together. Um, I think I usually start out with notes in a visual diary with no lines on it, just uh, notes scribbled across a page and then little sketches next to it. Um, So to start with, it's a bit of both. And then if it's a book like, it depends if it's a picture book, I guess, or a chapter book, the chapter books, then I do start with dot points sort of mapping out the plot and everything, just writing. Um, but all the while, if I'm thinking, I might be just sketching the character in the margin or something uh, just to figure out what he'll look like. But, um, yeah, I, I dip into both back and forward constantly, I think, is the best way to do it. With the picture book, you'll write the text and then you'll work out, oh, hang on, I can show what I've just said in this illustration. So then I'll go and cut it out of the text. And it's a real sort of balancing act. So um I love working with both at once yeah I love that you do both and I really like the idea like you just said about um illustrations adding more to the story or maybe adding you know a bit of a juxtaposition to the story or telling the story without the words I think illustrations are so important in kids books yeah 
Now, why are kids' books and why are they important for you to write? Uh, I started out doing them. I was actually a graphic designer um, previously and then I had my own kids and started reading them books and I thought, oh, why aren't I doing this? I love these picture books. Um, And also when I dived into the picture books, I realised that uh, as my kids grew, my interest in books changed as well. So that's why I went from the picture books to the chapter books. But I found um, as my kids grew in their reading Certain books that um, maybe the older ones or the longer ones, my boys just weren't getting into. They weren't hooking them. So I wanted to write something for them that really caught them and they were begging you to read the next chapter. And my son, my eldest, is dyslexic as well. So reading is quite a challenge for him. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to write something that was perfect for him to read. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what, yeah, I love kids' books because I'm the same as them, actually. Sometimes (laughs) when I read an adult book, like I'll probably read eight kids books and then I'll read an adult book and I find it so long sometimes I'm like oh this is why I like the kids book so I just wanted to write something that was snappy and that moved and was quite quick and entertaining because it's my attention span as well I'm a slow reader I read how I would talk okay seems like you can just read very quickly from what I've heard you say before yeah I read really quickly I speak really quickly I think I just do everything very quickly sometimes I just need to slow down a bit Oh, the other thing about why I like writing kids' books, I think, is I actually watch mainly kids' movies. I prefer, mm. I, I don't watch any horror or anything <laughs> going to make my heart beat too much. I love the kids' movies. They're my favourites. <laughs> That's probably why I like the kids' books too. That's so funny. I love how you don't like being frightened by art, but then you'll just go swimming with sharks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm trying to work you out and I haven't yet. <laughs> oh, I haven't yet either. So that's-, <laughs> that's a good thing. If you can't work someone out in 20 minutes, it's a good thing. <laughs> now, what are some of the favourite books you've been reading to your kids or what are some of the, the kids' books that you just love? Oh, I I was thinking about this and I thought um, I had a bit of a journey into children's books. Like I loved Roald Dahl to start with um, and I loved Clifford the Big Red Book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Book. Red Red dog. dog. (laughs) I loved kids. And then when I was on that trip where we travelled for six months um, and where I swam with the hammerhead sharks and that, on my way back to Australia, I was in an airport and I found an Oliver Jeffers book, Mm -hmm. The uh, How to Catch a Star. And I just, just looking at that book, that was another moment where I was like, I need to make these. That was the first one. And then I had my kid, my kids and started reading to them. And that was the second moment. It was like, I really need to be making these myself. So they were two, they were influential books for me. Um, and one of the books, the reason I got into writing chapter books after doing the picture books was I read a book by a local author in WA who's in my writing, my squibby group. Uh, her name's Catherine Carvel. And she wrote a book called Darcy Moon and the Deep Fried Deep fried frogs. <laughs> Say that five <laughs> times. Yeah, no. And I was I was sleeping on our boat. We've um we we often stay on a boat at Rottnest Island, and I was sleeping there in these little bunk beds, and my kids were below me, and I was in a little bunk bed above them, and I couldn't help but laughing out loud. And the kids were sleeping, and I was trying not to wake them up. I had to keep like biting my pillow because I was just <laughs> giggling so much. And that was the one 
book that uh, made me want to write chapter books because I was like, these are brilliant too. And luckily, um, I actually got her to critique Fish Kid and the Turtle Torpedo and she really helped me write that book as well. Her critique was amazing. Normally, when, the first two books, when I send them to my publisher, they'll come back for a few edits. But um, after she did a critique with me, it pretty, pretty much didn't get an edit. They were like, the publisher's like, this is perfect. I was like, oh, wow. I need to up with her more often. That's amazing. <laughs> that is a great story. Hey, I was thinking, you know, how you started with picture books when your kids were little and then you've gone to chapter books. Do you think your next step has to be YA fiction as they grow up? I've been wondering about that. I don't know if that will happen. I love uh, Bren McDibble's books. I've read her um, second two as well. And, yeah, something about those spoke to me as well. And I thought, oh, maybe I should do one of these one day. But at the moment with my kids, we're still in the the chapter book zone and the picture book zone. I I think after doing three chapter books, I'm actually feeling the urge to get back into picture books for a bit. So, yeah, that's where I'm feeling inspired at the moment. (laughs) Now, (laughs) I always ask my guests this question, Kylie, why do you write? I write because I have to be doing something creative. Even when I had my babies and I had hardly any sleep and I was the busiest I've ever been, I I couldn't not do something creative. Otherwise, I'm not being me. So whether it's drawing, writing, I've got to be creating something. Otherwise, yeah, I just, I don't know what I do. (laughs) <laughs> oh I think it's that that outlet that you know allows your brain to do something something a bit different and I'm glad that you do and put these books into the world well thank you so much Kyle it's been such a joy to talk to you about you know the the conversation was pretty broad we talked about you know books and writing and hammerhead sharks and your fears of not watching scary movies I love that I'm going to be thinking about that for a while now <laughs> I you're choosing your fear so yeah I find that bizarre because the movies can't actually hurt you but the hammerhead shark might mistake you for a seal one day (laughs) I just I just don't think I'm very scared of them my husband puts me at ease he swam with a tiger shark a few weeks ago I loved it so um yeah I think his confidence has made me confident as well my kids kids are just as brave now they're swimming with all sorts of things now wow that that's an amazing experience though it really is yeah and I can see that that comes through in your book so thank you so much Kylie I'm so glad we finally got to speak yeah me too thank you for having me it's great I I think we'll uh probably continue chatting after (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to chat to you all day oh that sounds good my kids are asleep I'm free (laughs) 